1: And welcome into the EP Podcast. My name is Chris Lanuti, and this is your weekend update, Evergreen Park, a quickie show that catches you up on everything going on this weekend in Evergreen Park. On Thursday night, we were live with you, as we always are, from 7 to 8 p.m. on the Podbean app. You can get it for free, any app store. Go check out theeppodcast.com. That's run by Podbean. It's easy to find the app there. And the EP Podcast and everything we put out is still brought to you by our proud sponsors, the First National Bank of Evergreen Park. You need a bank you can rely on, one that knows our community and provides customized accounts and offers just for you and me. Count on the First National Bank of Evergreen Park, located in that iconic building at 95th and Pulaski. They are a locally based community bank committed to the people and businesses right here in the EP. And now when you open up a total access checking account, EP Podcast listeners get a $300 bonus. Open the account today at bankevergreenpark.com slash Pod. $100 required to open, requirements to qualify. You must use that link for EP Podcast listeners to apply. Member FDIC. I mentioned we were live on Thursday night, as we always are, and we're able to take phone calls from folks that are listening all over the area. And we took a fun one Thursday night. And if you missed the live show, take a listen. Hi, Chris. Hi, Hannah Beth. How are you doing tonight? Hey,
2: doing good. You called me Hannah Beth. <laughs> <laughs> I,
0: I just wanted to share a positive experience I had in Evergreen Park. I am from Go Mount Greenwood, uh, a neighboring suburb or, you know, a uh, neighborhood. But I live probably a block away from the post office in Mount Greenwood. And I went there the other day to mail a package and it was going to be at least an hour and a half experience whatsoever. So I took a ride uh, down Kesey to Evergreen Park and I was in and out in about 30 seconds. Everyone was pleasant in there. Everyone was wonderful. Uh, I didn't know where else to, you know, give praise to, but since you guys are, you Aww. know, Evergreen Park podcast, I thought I thought I'd mention it out there and throw a shout out that they did an excellent job. So you got my business from now on and I appreciate it.
1: You're over there in Mount Greenwood, you have a very different life than we do here in Evergreen Park. When it comes to COVID, like you can't travel to different states. You, you have, they're, shutting down, they're shutting down your bars. I think they're going to be asking for your papers when you cross in Evergreen Park soon. We don't care when you come in, but I don't know if you can go back into Chicago. We might be on the band list soon where you can't go into Chicago, no. but you can come <laughs> in here. If it's possible. Roy no Lightfoot like just passed, I think it's
0: Wisconsin, uh, Ohio, and Evergreen Park without the three. <laughs>
1: I mean, it's possible. You You never know. I was trying to play matchmaker this weekend with a friend from Wisconsin was going to drive down and meet a buddy of mine that lives in Illinois. Yeah. And she's worried like but oh well can... i'm on the band list no no no, ad- no she's only being in chicago she can come here well she's worried about all of illinois so she's like i'm oh, not that's coming that's, that's, well, so you, you know she just doesn't want to meet your friend she just doesn't sounds, want to meet my that friend. sounds to right. me like she doesn't want to meet your <laughs> friend <laughs> covid <laughs> is a perfect
0: excuse for like blind dates nowadays it's an easy <laughs> <laughs> out
2: oh, i have the covid i can't make it
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right well that's that's a great call my friend remember you want to go out to eat someplace uh evergreen park man open for business and, uh, Sounds great. And we I don't, appreciate it. We the, don't have uh, a, we don't have a crazy mayor, so it, we're we're actually <laughs> <ranch>, even keel
0: <laughs> Keep up the good job. I appreciate your podcast. You guys are great.
1: So remember live on Thursday nights at 7 p.m. in the app. That's one way to talk to us. There's also a live chat room. If you're bashful and you don't want to actually talk, you can type it to us as well. And you can leave a message 24-7, 365, anytime, 708-459-8406. Talk about anything you heard on the show or ask any question you want to with the EP podcast. The beginning of the weekend is going to be dry. 80 degrees on Friday, 80 degrees on Saturday. Sunday, some thunderstorms expected to come through the area in the evening, and it's going to cool things off next week. So Monday morning, when you listen to us on demand for the complete 30 minutes of good in a world of dumb that is the EP podcast, there'll be some storms that will bring temperatures down into the 70s, mid to low, and that will last throughout the week. Nice, comfortable, a great time to head out to a patio. Unidad, a Latin kitchen and bar, has a great patio, and they're open now for lunch. 11 to 2 p.m. Tuesday through Friday, and they have an incredible burger. If you have not tried the Unidad burger with the Wagyu beef and chorizo blend, guacamole, pineapple salsa, jack cheese on a brioche bun, you are missing out. <laughs> You still have time to join in the big golf outing that the Chamber of Commerce is doing on the 7th of August. Registration right at 12pm, but you want to sign up in advance. Golf, cart, and a barbecue afterwards is only 65 bucks a person. If you just want to golf, it's 60 If you just want to eat some barbecue, it's 25 The EP Podcast is sponsoring a whole. We will be out there. Come visit us. I'll have stuff to give away. Evergreenparkchamber.org for more information. Now, on Monday's show, we've got two big things. Eating Evergreen Park returns. We're going to go visit Cousin Subs. A couple of Evergreen Park residents open up the first Cousin Subs in the area. We're going to go test it out. We're also going to hear from our guest on Thursday night, Dr. David Beckman. He was so good on the live show. We got so many comments on it because he sat down and he talked honestly about what's real and what's not so real in the COVID-19 discussion. He jumped into everything. What medicines are probably working? What are probably not working? Is there going to be a vaccine? And we talked a lot about everything going on this week with schools opening up and sports for kids. I'm going to play some of that interview for you right now because I can't get the entire thing into a 30-minute segment. So you're going to hear some of the interview now on the weekend update. It's really good. Enjoy it. I had doctors retweeting it last night after he was on saying, listen to this guy evergreen park guy over at family first medical group over on western avenue and then the other part of it which is also very interesting will be part of the show on monday check it out i want to talk a little bit about what's going on right now that's probably affecting uh, most of our listeners Uh, back to school and what's going on with uh, sports all around the area. There's been lists out about what's risky, what isn't risky. There's people that are worried, do I send my kid back to school and don't send my, back, my kid back to school. You were one of the first guys to do testing for COVID. You were one of the first guys to do antibody testing. You have had COVID patients. You have seen this firsthand. So when you, And you've done a lot of research. You've been very frank with us when we've come on. If you're sending a kid to school right now, are you nervous and e-learning, or are you saying, "I like these plans, they're putting on the mask, they're walking in. I'm fine with it
2: well, that's uh that so so actually, there's no one size that fits all kids because um, what we know about the data with kids, uh, what, what's emerging with kids is that younger kids tend to spread this virus a lot. Uh, a lot less, certainly a lot less to adults. Um, kids that are 11 or older tend to spread it a little bit, a, a little bit more. Um, and so, if you're talking about elementary school, I think that the risk of spread is a lot lower, um, not only to adults, but even even if kids do get um, get sick the risk to them is incredibly low. Um, In Illinois, there have been over, uh, I think there have been close to 16,000 cases of COVID in children under 18. And there have been two deaths, both of which were in, uh, in kids that were already very ill. So if you are a normally healthy child, and you're in that younger age group, your risk of getting seriously ill and having complications from COVID is actually lower than your risk of complications from influenza. So uh, that, I mean, I think that's a really important point for parents to understand. And I, and I think that actually kind of highlights why elementary school kids going back to school um, should be a priority uh, for a variety of reasons. I mean, number one, the risk is low, but number two, those are kids who are learning how to learn. They're learning how to interact socially with their peers. They're learning how to listen, uh, multitask, organize, um, and they really benefit from the uh from those interactions with their with their peers and their classmates so i think it's a lot easier to make the case for elementary school kids to be able to return it's a little bit harder i think for uh middle school and certainly high school because i mean let's face it a lot of teens are kind of like we want to hang out and they're maybe not so keen on social distancing, and they might have boyfriends and girlfriends. And, you know, those things become a little bit harder to, to control. Um, But the flip side of that is that those teens also generally know how to use a computer really well, they're used to screens, and they're usually a little bit more amenable to e-learning than littler kids.
1: What do, what do you think about the sports shutdowns and 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 specifically I'm curious about what your opinion was of the list that came out from the governor and and I brought it up before you jumped on so you might not heard me talk about it but I have a I have a son who's 12 years old he plays hockey now he's gonna put on all that equipment he's wearing gloves he's got a mask with a plexiglass uh like face mask in front of him and it was determined that that was in the highest category of possibility of infection like it was the highest risk Yeah. while meanwhile playing basketball was somehow a lower risk with all that connection Do when you I don't know if you saw that list but did you look if you saw it did it make sense to you or did it feel arbitrary because I'd rather ask a doctor than ask somebody who, who you know because it seems to me like you might have a better insight as to whether or not that makes sense
2: that that I can tell you is c- completely arbitrary sort of like what is an essential business and what is not an essential business. Um, a lot of this, uh, a lot of these, uh, guidelines and, um, I think restrictions are, are made more, not, not based on really any evidence or science, but based on what they think, um, the risk is, but you're right. I mean, hockey compared to basketball. I mean, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me because, I mean, if you just think about basketball and guarding someone really close, you are up on a player um, very close to them playing defense, they're breathing heavy, you've got no barrier whatsoever between, uh, between players versus hockey where you're moving at um, fast speeds, you're passing people quickly um the the collisions and the and the um uh and the interactions between players really close are limited. You could even in hockey you could even make a restriction that checking is something that you know is not allowed um to even lower uh lower the risk of the, the contact there. So um that, that actually, that did jump out at me. I didn't understand why hockey and basketball were on a a different, um, a a different level. Um, so, so yeah, it's, it's, I, I think it is a little, a little arbitrary. And again, this is yet another, I think, example where it's really the, the kids that end up suffering the most. Uh, we know that athletics and sports, um, and activities like that are really critical to, um, teens, uh, well, not only teens, but kids, um, development, both, uh, mentally and physically, um, key for social development as well. Um, and also key to mental health, you know, when, when they're when you have these activities for kids. They're doing something productive
1: as opposed to potentially being exposed to something unproductive or maybe even harmful. You know what's crazy to me is that I'm in a Wednesday night softball league here in Evergreen Park that the Most Holy Redeemer Men's Club does. I get together with there there are 10 teams out there on four different diamonds, and then they play a double header on the one underneath the lights. Everybody kind of stands around and they're keeping a good distance, but it's not like everybody's completely six feet apart. Nobody's wearing a mask and they're all middle-aged men into men that are even older than me. I mean, I'm 43 and I would say at least half the league is older than me. Yeah. Meanwhile, I can keep playing, but my daughter got her softball shut down at mother Macaulay. When she was working out with the team, they told her, even though we were going to be playing next week, we can't anymore because of the governor's rule. Give me a reaction to that when you when you think about the difference because my group's supposed to be more at risk, right?
2: No question. What about professional sports? You know, uh, MLB started. The NFL is planning to start. Um, they're still debating college football. Um, NHL. You know, these are these are certainly just based on statistics. They are certainly. Um, people who are at much higher risk. Well, I, I shouldn't say much higher, higher risk um, of complications from COVID than, uh, than younger kids. And I, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I think that, that some of it is probably due to uh, pressures that the, the governor um, and politicians are feeling from some parents that are that are worried or uh, you know i think it, it's a tough thing because you your I, I think each person's approach to covid is unique and i think that um in in most cases parents and uh and families make decisions on their own based on what their own personal and family risks are. And so, and, and actually we saw that with COVID that one of the interesting things is that been, there's been tracking of, uh, of cell phone data and, and kind of how how much people were outside and socializing and when that traffic really decreased with the lockdowns. But the interesting thing is even before the lockdowns were implemented, people stopped really going out a lot. Um, and you can see that prior to the lockdowns, there was actually an own individual response from the public to say, you know, we don't know what this is. We better kind of hunker down and, uh, and, and see what's happening. And then the lockdowns came. So I, I think that we, we need to trust that people will make the best decisions for themselves. And it's it's really unfortunate sometimes that there are these widespread uh, rules that will, you know, certainly protect the vulnerable, but at the same time probably harm a lot of people that are not vulnerable.
1: I, I want to make, I'm going to make this a little bit difficult on you, and I hope you can follow me. But I kind of wanted to give you what my take was on COVID based upon me reading the CDC and WHO thing in my own family. And then I want you, if there's anything that you can shoot holes in, I want you to shoot holes in it. If I'm wrong, I want you to tell me I'm wrong and, or, or correct me because I, I want to see whether how, how, I've, how much I've grasped it just as somebody who's a layperson that's, that's read all this stuff. So what I'm looking at here is, And and we're looking at a disease, first of all, in my mind, from what I'm looking at, that according to the CDC numbers and the fact that they believe that for every person that they've tested positive, there might be up to 10 other people that actually had it. And then looking at those that have died has a death rate of less than half a percent. Half of the people that are dying are those that are elderly or in nursing homes. And if I'm outside, I could feel far more comfortable than if I'm inside without a mask. And I'll tell you this, I've talked to several business owners, 95% of their reservations for people walking into restaurants, they want to be outside. I feel like that's the number one. People feel like, you know what? I could take my mask off outside. I could sit at a table with my friends and I have a far less chance of uh, catching this, but I don't want to be indoors at all with other people with my mask off eating. And, and I've kind of probably followed the exact same thing as I've done it. I don't wear a mask when I go play in 16-inch softball. I feel like I'm outside. I'm spread out. Somebody gets close to me. I mean, there's a few times I've said, I've told my parents, like, I'm not going around you because I've been around other people and they're probably been within six feet of me and I could be carrying this. But I also believe that if I caught this, the chances of me even showing symptoms are far lesser than if I'm just asymptomatic and didn't even know I had it. But I still don't want to give it to somebody like my parents because I don't want to kill them. Do you, do I sound like a rational person looking at all these numbers or was I wrong on any of that?
2: Uh, no, I'd say, I'd say that's pretty, that's pretty accurate. The, the number of cases, there's been a a range between six to up to 10 times as many cases that have already been detected. So certainly a lot more cases than, than, than we've uh, seen through testing, um, the infection uh, fatality rate of this um, virus, there, there, there's also been a range. The overall infection fatality rate has ranged between 0.3% and up to 1%. Um, the majority of people who have died, um, 80% of people who have died um, are over the age of 70. You're
1: you're telling me 80% of people that have died from COVID are over the age of 70. Is that because the rest of us went into the house or is that because it's just more deadly for them? And if we just took them out of the equation, we'd see a far different picture of this disease if we were less than 70 years old.
2: Yeah, um, the the 80%, I think it's actually 60, uh, 60, 60 years old and o- over are, are 80%. So I have to correct that. But, but yeah, so but 80% of people who have died have been over 60 years old. Um, that so certainly that is a higher risk group, uh, no question. And if you did remove the higher the higher risk group, um, then yes, the infection fatality rate is significantly lower, uh, a lot closer to the 0.3% than the 1%. So and and I think that if you factor in, if you're saying that there are 10, 10 times the number of cases, when you look specifically at people under 18 or younger, as I said, that rate is is lower um, than or, or the complications for for those uh, kids under 18 is lower than influenza and influenza. It's 0.1%. So, um, so it is, uh, it, it the, the thing that is different about COVID is one of the things that's really different about COVID is that patients that are, uh, that are young tend to not be as, um, impacted by this. Whereas for example, H1N1 in 2009, Eighty percent of people that died from H one N one were under sixty five. So it's kind of the the complete opposite. It's flipped. Um, so so they're are two very different illnesses, and there are some very interesting
0: theories about why uh, that may be. Why kids seem to be spared and younger people seem to be spared. Um,
2: you know, I, I, we can talk about that if you want, but. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's kind of what we're looking at.
1: More with Dr. Beckman on Monday's On Demand EP podcast that comes out every Monday morning when you wake up. 30 Minutes of Good in a World of Dumb, covering Evergreen Park and the surrounding area. And our return to the Eating Evergreen Park segment, finally back. A trip to Cousins Subs, that and so much more. We will see you after this glorious weekend. Enjoy it, folks. Get out there, and thanks for listening to the EP Podcast found everywhere podcasts can be found and always at the eppodcast.com. Look
0: at all those people in this great suburb driving down 95th and Z. What a great place. It's called Evergreen Park, but we know it better as the EP. We're known for more than just the Unabomber. Remember? Ted Kaczynski, you guys might even remember that big old rooster on 95th Street. It's all part of EP's history. So listen up to the EP podcast. You might be asking why, because we talk about all things and we celebrate all the great things in the six oh eight oh five. It's the EP. EP Podcast All Things Evergreen Park It's the EP Podcast Evergreen Park The EP Podcast Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always at the eppodcast.com